a quack cast. This is the 195th quack cast. It's called The New Chiropractic, and I thought science based medicine had an uphill battle. References can be found over at edgydoc.com, home of my growing multimedia empire. Over at science based medicine, we have Sisyphus as the logo of the website. Sisyphus, as you may know, is the Greek who had to push a boulder up a hill every day, the archetype metaphor for futile labor. It was meant to be a bit tongue-in-cheek, but only a bit. As Quackademia proudly expands, I sometimes feel we are overly optimistic. Perhaps it should have been Prometheus. But if SBM has it tough, it pales next to the work of Bruce Walker, D.C., an Australian chiropractor who is calling for the new chiropractic. His goal is to remake chiropractic, turning it into an evidence-based spine specialty, abandoning all the pseudoscientific baggage. I wish him luck. He will need it. Follow the bouncing uh, boulder. First, he firmly believes in the benefits of chiropractic. Quote, the good can be summed up by recognizing over a century of improvement to public health by improving pain and disability in countries where chiropractic is practiced. It can be asserted that this has provided significant economic savings and improved productivity. I wonder if this is true. It is of interest that he is the author of a reasonably well-done study that demonstrated the worthlessness of spinal manipulative therapy for thoracic pain. Quote, no difference in outcome at any time point for pain or disability when comparing SMT, Graston technique, or sham therapy for thoracic spine pain. However, all groups improved with time. This was a result mirrored in a Cochrane review. Quote, Combined chiropractic interventions slightly improve pain and disability in the short term and pain in the medium term for acute and subacute low back pain. However, there is currently no evidence that supports or refutes that these interventions provide a clinically meaningful difference for pain or disability in people with low back pain when compared to other interventions. Although, like much of the medical literature, Newton's third law applies for every meta-analysis, there is an equal and opposite meta-analysis. If chiropractic manipulation has any unique and reliable effects on pain and disability, it is lost in a sea of poorly done studies. Evidence to show the benefit of spinal manipulative therapy is certainly not at the level of, say, penicillin for streptococcal endocarditis. He can assert the benefits of chiropractic, but cannot prove it. And the practice of medicine should not be based upon the same thing as geometric assumptions. His assertion is one of the unreferenced statement in the paper, and for good reason. That there has been good from chiropractic is in the eye of the beholder. I would need a much better lens prescription from my ophthalmologist before I could see it. Then he lists the aberrant practices that cause significant reputational damage to the profession, which he appears to ascribe to a minority of the field. These include, quote, adherence to a flawed chiropractic ideology centering on innate intelligence and vitalism, claims of cures for visceral and other non-muscular skeletal conditions, anti-vaccine propaganda, anti-drug and anti-medicine propaganda, anti-physiotherapy sentiments, misleading and deceptive advertising, 
open plan clinics where multiple people are treated in the same room fully dressed, unscrupulous contracts of care, overpricing, obligatory full spine x-rays, the use of the term subluxation as a valid diagnosis, unnecessary treatment of babies, which would include all babies, biologically implausible diagnostic tests and therapies, Unfounded claims of decreased immunity from subluxation and increased immunity from chiropractic treatment. Lifetime chiropractic care in the name of wellness. An unhealthy disregard of clinical research, evidence-based practice, and non-specific treatment effects, including natural history and the placebo effect. Seriously? All those basically defying chiropractic in the United States. And I would add to the list, an unhealthy disregard for patient safety and the potential complications of SMT. That list is why science-based medicine has so many articles on chiropractic. I can find no information to suggest these are the aberrant practices of a minority. The first three hits on Google, one, two, three aberrant practices. The whole profession is a cluster, um, yeah, cluster jam. That's the word I'm looking for. I think these aberrant practices define chiropractic practice as well as chiropractic educational and professional organizations. The author would like to make chiropractic a legitimate healthcare partner, making chiropractors musculoskeletal practitioners with an emphasis on skeletal pain. Doing what exactly for patients, since their bread and butter, SMT, has little if any meaningful effect on skeletal pain, or anything else. To paraphrase someone, the good things about chiropractic practice are not unique, and the unique things about chiropractic are not good. Once the aberrant practices, I love that term, it would make a great punk band name, are removed what is left. One might as well have a physical therapist. Well, at least one that doesn't use dry needling. He does have a 10-point plan for improving the field. All his ideas are excellent until you realize how they have to be applied. You know, silk purse and sow's ears and all that. Bruce Walker's 10-point plan. One, he wants a better pre-DC education. That's not a bad idea. I found that the GPA for chiropractic school in the United States is 2.5, a C+. The best and the brightest are not becoming DCs. And what bright student would want to be a chiropractor, new or otherwise? You might as well become a real healthcare provider. He also thinks that chiropractic colleges should not be accredited if they teach subluxation. Well, good luck with that. That would be like asking Christian scientists to give up prayer. 2. Become solely musculoskeletal practitioners with a special emphasis on spinal pain. Nice in theory. Kind of like podiatrists of the spine, and I really like podiatrists. But do the math. There are 44,000 DCs in the U.S. In contrast, there are a little over 7,000 infectious disease specialists, which is what I do for a living. Let's say there are about 65 million people that have back pain at any given time. This is one of the estimates I found on the interwebs. That's about 1,400 back pain patients per chiropractor at any given time. If they all go to a DC, that's about six patients a day, about a third needed to support a full-time practice. The only option is to get rid of about two-thirds of chiropractors in the U.S. and most of the chiropractic schools as well, since they are pumping 2,900 new graduates a year into the economy. 
Compare this to about 218 new infectious disease docs a year. That, however, would be a good start. But with supply vastly outstripping demand, I suspect there are compelling financial reasons for chiropractors to continue income-generating aberrant practices. 3. Chiropractors need to develop a specialized knowledge outside of chiropractic, a special interest that sets us apart as experts in a distinctive area. Perhaps. But first, they need to do the same within their own field, which is sadly lacking in any specialized knowledge once subluxations and their corrections are removed. My warning, swallow any milk or coffee before proceeding. Laughter with a mouthful of liquid can damage your computer. Quote, four, marginalization of the nonsensical elements within the profession. As professionals, chiropractors should not tolerate colleagues or leadership in the profession who demonstrate aberrant ideas. Good luck with that. Aberrant ideas are what define the profession. The majority of chiropractic schools, for example, endorse aberrant ideas as their raison d'etre. Quote, more than half of the chiropractic colleges in Canada and the United States make unsubstantiated claims for clinical theories or methods on their websites. This behavior likely reflects what is taught in the schools. Chiropractors' quest for greater legitimacy and cultural authority is retarded by this tendency. 5. Be pro-public health, as in pro-vaccination and stop diagnosing and treating newborn babies. You mean like the American Chiropractic Association? Quote, the ACA is supportive of a conscience clause or waiver in compulsory vaccination laws thereby maintaining an individual's right to freedom of choice in healthcare matters and providing an alternative elective course of action regarding vaccination. 6. Support chiropractic organizations that espouse these principles. Such organizations do exist, much like, I suppose, Latinos for Trump, but I suspect they are not representative. 7, 8, and 9 are all variations on applying evidence-based practice to improve the profession at all levels. The problem, of course, is that to apply evidence for chiropractic, from basic principles to clinical practice, would lead to the death of the profession. The last is the call for chiropractors to grab the bull by the horn and apply these ideas in their own lives. Sound principles, but unlikely in practice. It is an admirable list of goals. Good luck, as their application will be close to impossible. DO schools in the U.S. are now no different from MD schools in the physicians they produce, and osteopathic manipulation therapy is mostly fading into the used needle container of history. So, I suppose it is possible to make a new chiropractor, much like the new Soviet man. We know how well that worked out. There may be the odd chiropractic gadfly and reformer, but as a connoisseur of pseudomedicine, I just do not see that the field as a whole has what it takes to change for the better. And it is not like science-based medicine has a snowball's chance in hell of altering the course of the current quackademic tsunami. Aberrant practices bring in the bucks from Stanford to Harvard and points in between. Medicine doesn't marginalize the nonsensical elements within the profession, in fact embraces them, and tolerates colleagues and leadership who demonstrate aberrant ideas. In medicine, aberrant practices get academic appointments in the division of integrative medicine. Pot? Meet the kettle. 
Oh-ho, said the pot to the kettle, you are aberrant and scientific and quack. Sure no one would think you were rational metal, except when you're given a crack. Not so, not so, kettle said to the pot, tis your own aberrant image you see, for I am so scientific without blemish or blot that your quackery is mirrored in me. If reality-based medicine is embracing aberrant practices, can chiropractic ever make the same shift, much less in a generation? I hope so, but I just do not see even the hint of a suggestion of a possibility that in the United States chiropractors are adhering to the wisdom of 1 Corinthians 13.11. When I was a chiropractor, I spoke as a chiropractor. I understood as a chiropractor. I thought as a chiropractor. But when I became an evidence-based practitioner, I put away chiropractic things. And that ends the 195th QuackCast. Head over to edgydoc.com to find the references and the links to my growing multimedia empire. Thanks for listening. Bye.